Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back, everybody throughout the greatest the land, the, the coast to coast, border to border, throughout the greatest land on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. You know, that's what happens when you're off for a while. You get rusty. Yeah, you do. And uh, I got to tell you something. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, what what happens? I guess you lose your muscle reflexors or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and you, you just don't say things the way you normally do. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Uh, we have been doing it now for seven years. We celebrated yesterday by uh, welcoming uh, the president of Red State uh, Talk here on the air with us. Uh, welcomed uh, our new uh, uh, integral piece to the CL brand, uh, Leanne. Leanne was with me on with me yesterday, and uh, and uh, welcome aboard, Leanne. And also, uh, we close out the show with Michelle. Michelle, my um, right hand, was um, on with me to close out the show. Had a fantastic show, and today we're going to have California Republican Party Central Valley Vice Chair. Uh, Corinne Rankin on with me. Going to be talking about recalling Gavin Newsom out there, Governor Gavin Newsom out there in California. And then I have um, a uh, a guest that's coming on with me, uh, Larry Taunton. He's an author, freelance columnist, and Nobel Prize winner. Uh, the topic will be event. Uh, the event that's coming up in July that I'm going to be a part of with Sam Sorbo and Eric Metastas. Uh, I'm going to be there with them July 23rd through the 25th or 26th. And uh, tickets are still available, and we'll be telling you about that. If you're anywhere close to uh, Birmingham, we want to see you. We want to see you there. America's opened up again, and we're going to have a great, great time there with Sam Sorbo and Eric Metasis. And um, I certainly look forward to seeing you, my friends in the Birmingham area. In fact, I need to call some of you there in Birmingham. Um, we got Tea Party uh, Becky, Dr. Paige Collins, and her husband Jim. Becky and her husband um, uh, should be there and bring Shelly, their daughter. Uh, you see, she's recently married. Fred Solomon, I know you're still in Birmingham area. You need to come on out and be with me. And I also think that uh, I think OK Carl Smith ought to show up, too. He's in Birmingham. And so 
Uh, I'll be talking to all of you, Banneker Hatchison, Pastor Banneker Hatchison, uh, should come on out and be with us there at the uh, Grand Bohemian, I believe it is, uh, that we're going to, I'm going to, I'll be, be there and it's going to be a fantastic, beautiful event. Want you to be there with me. Although in other areas of the country, not quite as beautiful as uh, this part of Alabama, where we'll be, uh, I'm talking about places like um, Chicago and San Francisco and Houston, New Orleans, and those types of places. The gun violence, let's face this, let, let's just jump off and face this right now. The gun violence that's going on, I'm speaking to white and black people, hear me. And, and you just take it for whatever your part in it is. The gun violence that's going on in these cities that's not being dealt with with these uh, milk toast, uh, panty waist, lily livered, spineless Democrat leaders in these cities, like Chicago in particular. Chicago in particular. The gun violence in Chicago where these uh, babies... Little girls getting shot in the head while they're sitting in their car seats or on the sidewalk or on their stoop. You know what? I I have come to the conclusion, and I agree with uh, uh, there's a gentleman there uh, who has a project, Michelle, if you're listening to the show, uh, that we need to hook up with. He was on Fox today. He said something that I want to help him trumpet. This is what he said. He said this gun violence is a black man's problem in the black community. Which made me think, and I want all of you to hear me now, I want all of you to hear me. I know black men because uh, I've been able to, cross over the lines all of my life into the so-called white world, into the so-called black world, right? And I know that there are certain things like uh, people being shot down, kids, their children being shot down in their own neighborhoods. I know that there are certain things that uh, other people in other neighborhoods, and they don't have to be white, they don't have to be Mexican, they don't have to be uh, uh, Asian, but black men, I'm talking to you. I know that there are other people living in other neighborhoods, regardless of their color, that would not put up with the murder of their children in their neighborhoods. You are doing that. You are standing by while your children are being slaughtered. That turns it into, if you want to turn this whole deal into a racial issue here in America, let's go there then. Let's go there. Then that's a black man's problem in Chicago. And black men, you need to handle your business. You need to stop those gang members from shooting your kids. Oh, how do you do it? You know, 
you know by whatever means necessary since you're not going to allow the police to do it. You want it to be Dodge City? Okay, Dodge City, you got. Okay? You want it to be Dodge City? Okay, Dodge City, you got. Are you hearing me? So go handle your business. Your kids are being shot down in the street. Your women are afraid to go outside. That's a if 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 you want to turn this into a racial issue. Everything boils down to race in this country. Then shouldn't you look at the problem that's going on in Chicago as a black man's problem. Huh? I think you should. Because that's what it is. Stand up and take back your neighborhoods. Yeah, stand up and take back your neighborhoods. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Because if you don't, the problem will continue because you're not going to. Listen, Lori Lightfoot. And, and let's just go down the list here of what has happened. You got you from Georgia, Georgia. You sent uh, the uh, Raphael Warnock and Arsoff to your states, to your Senate, to your U.S. Senate to represent you, to your United States Senate to represent you. Why, I will never know. Now, Chicago, you elected uh, this Lightfoot woman. And yeah, I'm just going to say it like that because that's the way it ought to be said. Now, she, she claims to be, you know, and she can be whatever she wants. I don't care. I'm just making a point here. You know. You, you elected her, and, and I don't know the same thing. I don't know about why Georgia would elect Raphael Warnock or Arsoff. Arsoff. I don't know why Chicago would have elected Lori Lightfoot to be mayor. I don't know. Uh, all Gavin Newsom was, we're going to have Corinne Rankin on with me, uh, coming up here in, in, at the, at the, near the bottom of the hour. We, I don't know why California would elect Gavin Newsom. He was never more than a, a, a rich poster boy for rich poster boys. That's all he ever was. But they elected him governor. And, and let's just go on up the list a little bit. Of course, we know all of this never happened. Everybody knows that this never really happened as far as Joe Biden is concerned. But, but for some reason, according to uh, the David Copperfield magician stats, <laughs> that uh, evidently told the American electorate that Joe Biden was president, according to that, 
I have to ask, then, why did America even elect Joe Biden president of the United States, especially with a VP who is a laughing hyena type of idiot? Yeah, you know, that's what she reminds Listen, no, I'm not saying it because, oh, listen, would you grow up? I'm not saying it because she's black. Hey, I'm saying it because it's true. The woman giggles and the woman cackles. No, she doesn't giggle. I, I like women who giggle. But I don't. It's like a song, giggle when you walk and you wiggle when you walk. I, I, I like women who giggle. I don't like. Hillary Clinton's a cackler. And so is Kamala Harris. There. There's nothing racist about that at all. Is there. Nothing racist about that at all. Hillary's a giggler and Kamala's a giggler and both of them are, what's to say? What, what, what's to say? Both of them are not fit to be president of the United States. And no, I am not a misogynistic man. I am not a chauvinistic man. I am a conservative who happens to vote Republican. And I love America. And these two women have gone out of their way to show that they don't. So I'm against them. I'm against those women, but I, hey, I think I could get on board with Condoleezza Rice almost any day if she wanted to run for president of the United States. Chrissy Nome, hey, Nome is a player. She could, she could, she could uh, certainly gather uh, support from CLB. There is no question about it. So, no, I'm not anti-woman when it comes to leadership. You better believe that I I believe in him. My, my mother was a leader in our home. We we all pretty much did what mom wanted us to do. That's uh, was bottom line. That's bottom line. And dad saw to it that uh, I followed that line uh, as closely as possible. He made it very clear that uh, if, unless he gave me a different directive that uh, mom uh, allowed him to supersede supersede her directive, I was to do exactly what my mom told me to do. Otherwise, he would tell me again. (laughs) Okay? He would tell me again. Now, Dad wasn't one of those guys who'd punch you out or anything, but you didn't want to piss him off. You didn't want to upset him. And so um, that's what we have been trying not to do is upset somebody who I really don't know. Americans, weird, big enough, grown enough, tough enough to take it. We can, we will. But we need to be told the straight skinny, the straight story. We don't need anybody uh, trying to uh, fool us or fun us and, 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 and make us feel as though they're going to take care of something where they're never going to do it. Huh? 
What what would it feel? What would it be like? And unfortunately, it's far too many families like this who are feeling the the same type of politics going on in their home. Where I, and I started this show off by saying it's a black man's problem in Chicago, but it's a manly problem in America that's going on. Yeah, it is. So let me swing this around. Chicago in the inner city where your babies are being shot dead in the streets because you have thugs running around that you're letting run around, but you need to handle your business by whatever means necessary if you're not going to allow the police to come in. But let me tell you, first of all, where you made your big mistake, and that is by allowing laws to be passed that took guns out of your hands. Now, I am not a pro-vigilante kind of guy, but I will go vigilante uh, at the drop of a hat, if if is, is one of, if if my personal thing, my uh, family and friends, uh, loved ones, security is threatened, uh, I will go vigilante at the drop of a hat. But I am not pro vigilante. I want you to understand that the DNA that made uh, our nation what it is is that we we had a spirit of we were throwing off the shackles. There are things that are shackling you in your community there in Chicago that's killing your children. It's time for you to handle your business men in those inner cities. And you American men, I'm going to talk to you when I come back. Uh, Corinne, after Corinne Rankin, after we do this interview, I have something, to pick, a bone to pick with American men. And that bone that I want to pick with American men is that you're not handling your business either. You're letting people brainwash your, you're letting teachers that you pay their salaries. They go to a government building. They're in that building uh, seven hours, whatever it is, six hours, seven hours, eight hours a day. And you're letting them block you out and call you ugly names and destroy you in front of your own children. And you're not doing anything about it. You need to man up to all of you. All of you. Hey, my face, my face and my wife, my then wife's face uh, uh, was very familiar at our schools. Why? We had interracial children and we wasn't about to let. We know that we didn't, we didn't take we didn't take offense to anything, but anytime a teacher stepped out of line, with our kids, or if our kids came home questioning something that a teacher did, we were very nice about it, but we questioned, we made certain that our presence was imminent. Oh, they, they knew they knew my children's dad. They knew him on site at the supermarket. They knew me. Men need to handle your business. I'll be back. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA throughout the fruited plains of the greatest success story the world has ever known. I was saying when we left, and I have uh, coming up right now, uh, Corinne Rankin, but let me reiterate what I said to you before I left. I was telling you men there in Chicago, black men, your babies are being killed. You need to handle your business. You won't let the police do it. You need to handle your business then. The first mistake you made was letting them disarm you in the, the state of Illinois. White men around the country, you are allowing teachers in classrooms that you pay for to brainwash your children against you. So I'm indicting men across this nation you're not handling your business my kids as i told you my kids teachers they knew me on site they knew me in the supermarket you need to handle your business turning to someone now who is handling business in the great state of california is no less than my good friend someone i truly respect admire and i'm looking incredibly toward for very good things to come out of the great state of California. They're a little bit loony out there, but not all of them. Most of them are just like the one that I'm about to have on the line. And that's my good friend, Corinne Rankin. How are you? Welcome back to CL Bryant show. I'm doing great. CL. Thank you for having me. It's all great to be on your show. Thank you. Corinne, now uh, you have gained, you have ascended into the GOP. Tell us about your new ranking and tell us all. We want to talk about this Gavin uh, Newsom thing as well. But tell us about the new position that you have, what it entails, and what do you intend to do with it? Okay, so um, after the Trump campaign, I uh, ran for a seat on the board of directors for the California Republican Party, and I ran unopposed. Uh, I was elected unanimously um, by the folks here, the delegates from the Central Valley here in California, and that's an area that runs from our capital here in Sacramento all the way through Kern County, where Speaker McCarthy uh, uh, represents. And uh, so now I'm elected to the board of directors for the California Republican Party, and I represent the Central Valley. My title is Central Valley Regional Vice Chair. Well, you go ahead and vice chair that thing, girl, and do a good job. <laughs> I know you will. There's no question about it. Very proud of you, uh, Karen. Very proud of you. Now, uh, California's in the midst of a recall uh, and well, how's that going? I mean, what's what's the fate? Does it appear of uh, your governor? 
So the so here's the thing. The, the governor likes to call the recall a Republican recall because he, you know, he's trying to gin up his Democratic base on, on the coast in, you know, Los Angeles County and in, our, in the Bay Area. Uh, but it's not a Republican recall. In fact, uh, Republicans statewide would get really upset with the California Republican Party because they felt like we weren't doing enough for the for the recall. But the beauty of the recall is that it's actually a nonpartisan uh, effort that was done by just av- your average everyday citizens that were just angry with what was going on um, in the state of California. And they were angry before... COVID hit. So they just got together. And it actually, the heart of the recall comes out of Hanford, California, which is located in the Central Valley. So that's where you're getting most of your votes um, are coming out of the Central Valley in California. Uh, so it's, it's a, you know, it's a nonpartisan recall. It's done by average Californians, um, you know, coming out of LA County, the, the, the count was that mostly uh, Democrats that actually signed uh, the recall. Corinne, and Gavin Newsom had, go ahead. Corinne, being uh, in your position, I don't know if you can uh, actually uh, make a statement about this or not, but in your opinion, does does he need to go? Does, does from your vantage point, uh, does he need to go, or is that something that you, you, you must not talk about? Does Gavin need to go? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, you can talk about it. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. okay, Okay. great. Gavin needs oh, to absolutely. go. Okay, okay, great. So that's a Definitely consensus. Definitely needs to go. Okay, so that's a check mark there in that box. Let me ask you this then. Michelle was just out in, uh, in, in California, and we, she called me from there and told me about the great beauty and all of that. And, of course, I know, uh, Riverside, I know Riverside and Paris, that area, very, very well. Uh, spent many a happy hours out there uh, when I lived in California. And um, this is what I want to ask you. Is it um, even, even a pipe dream? that California can once again be like it might have been when Reagan was governor? Could it be Reagan country again, Corinne? Is, are, is that your effort? Is that the effort that you're trying to, to, to bring about? Um, I don't think that California is ever going to be a, a Reagan country again. Unfortunately, we've gone so far liberal. Uh, I do think that we can move forward and create, uh, you know, a better California. And, you know, like what, what we at the California Republican Party like to refer to as the California comeback. We do want to restore California to, you know, being the state of opportunity again, the state where people can come and, you know, celebrate, you know, the things that make California great. You know, we've got the best weather that, you know, we can brag about, but, you know, it's no longer the state of opportunity. Every, you know, people are leaving our state in droves because they can no longer afford to live here. Um, So, you know, I think that with the right candidate and, you know, the right Republicans running for office, 
that we, we, we can achieve that goal. When we think about then people leaving California in droves, and of course California has always had and always will have a huge Latino population. I mean, you know, it, it was Mexico. It was part of Mexico. I mean, that uh, that's a, a, a non-sequitur. But just the same, we're talking about illegals. And I know that there are legal Latins, legal Latinos, wherever they're from, uh, in California that are appalled at the influx of illegals who are coming there because it threatens them. It, would you speak to uh, the effect that this type of illegal uh, en masse immigration into this country or floodgate into this country, what, does, what kind of effect will that have on the California low-end worker? Talk to us. Well, I think... You know, I think it's more in regards to crime. So a lot of times, you know, the illegal influx that's coming in from Mexico are coming in from cities that are riddled with crime. You know, the the, the drug cartels type of crime. You know, you've got cartel members and cartel uh, gang members that are 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 coming to California. So so that you know, a bigger concern. That's the biggest concern of the, the people who are, you know, coming into California from Mexico illegally from, um, you know, communities that are just, you know, riddled with, you know, run by drug cartels. You're a woman in uh, business. You've been in the, the bail bonds business. That's a sort of a family thing uh, for you. Um, let me ask you this. Is business better now or worse for uh, you? It, it must be booming, I would think, since crime may be on the uptick as far as that type of business is concerned. And then again, answer for me in general. How is business in California? Looks to me like it might be suffering. Thing for restaurants, what's happening right now? Um, so a lot of businesses are doing well because of you know, the cabin fever that people experienced uh, during COVID. But I don't, I don't know how long it's going to last. And you know, there's a lot of other things that are, you know, that are not sustainable uh, in regards to that. You know, the, the price of food has gone up, the price of gas has gone up, so. And it costs a lot of money. And it costs a lot of money. Everything costs a lot. Yeah. Yeah. To live to live in California has gone up significantly. Yeah. Yes. To live in the housing market, you can't you can't afford to buy a house if there's any available. You know, it's they're they're the the prices on you know out of reach. To live in California, folks, it is astronomical. I now live in Florida. And, uh, it, you know, it, it costs pretty penny to, to live where I live. But just the same is not it's still it'd be twice that much in California. It would be. And you know what, Corinne, uh, like I was telling you earlier, M- Michelle and I were talking about just how beautiful it's the most beautiful land. Uh, if, you've, if you've not been to California, folks, uh, I don't care what you've heard or whatever. Vi- be please visit uh, uh, the, the state of California. It is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but Southern California and where I am in Florida I would, I would, I would live there in a heartbeat and live there the rest of my life. But they're just so liberal in so many places. 
do uh, we then as black people, and full disclosure, Corinne and I are both uh, black Republicans and black conservatives. You may not be able to guess that just listening to us. Uh, Corinne, uh, what type of role are we going to have to play here? Uh, we, we played a big role in swinging uh, black vote. Corinne and I were on the advisory board for Black Voices for Trump. Uh, we did a, a really good job of swinging the black vote. Uh, to the president, uh, what type of role do we have to play? Is it the same role, uh, uh, more amplified? What what's going to happen? Yeah, I think we. I think it's really up to us to 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 keep that going. Um, you know, I I take that role very seriously. I I feel like being a member of the the California Board of Directors, I, I wear two hats. So I represent, of course, the Central Valley. That's what I was elected to do. But I'm also, you know, elected to an um, organization called the Legacy Republican Alliance, which is California's only black Republican organization. So I definitely have to keep, I keep that in mind in everything I do. And I represent black Republicans and I make sure that we're, you know, represented and, and um, in, in every, in every you know, way, shape or form. Uh, it's important here in California. California is a very diverse state. And one of the things that you and I, CL, know is that the Republican Party is also a diverse party. I don't think that that's often uh, something that people see. Uh, I think it's important that people start seeing that more. Um, so that's, you know, something that I'm always aware of and something that I always advocate for. You always say it well, and I certainly do appreciate your efforts. Is there any – tell folks how to get in touch with you if they want to help you in uh, your causes and the type of things that you do, Corinne Rankin? Well, if you live in California, first off, I would like to encourage you to vote yes on the recall. When you get your ballot in the mail, it's going to ask you the first question, do you want to vote yes or no on the recall? And so I would like to ask you to vote yes on the recall, and then you can go down the ballot and choose uh the gubernatorial candidate of your choice that you would like to replace, uh, Gavin Newsom. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, get in hold of me on Twitter. My my Twitter handle is at Corinne Rankin. Uh, also on Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Corinne Rankin on all three platforms. I hope to see you soon uh, somewhere on the trail. And uh, God bless you and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know you will, Corinne, because you are fighting the good fight. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye now. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. That was uh, my friend, Corinne Rankin, and uh, she's doing wonderful things out there in California, and she's advancing the cause of the GOP uh, there, um, not only throughout the black community, but throughout all of Cal- the, the Central Valley there in California. Beautiful, beautiful country uh, in the Central Valley. If I had two places to choose to live in the United States, uh, Southern California, preferably, well, I don't know about San Diego. It's just really right there on the border these days. Well, it's always been on the border, but uh, San Diego is, uh, talk about God's country, but somewhere down around uh, the ocean in Orange County, maybe, I don't know. Um, or where I am <laughs> in, in Florida. I just love, uh, this, this part of Florida. And I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to like Florida better, but w- the thing that you like about California 
is it has the mountains. You can, you, it has the sunshine. Yes. It has the ocean. Yes. But it has the mountains that are on the ocean and, uh, you know, overlooking it. And they had this place that we used to go, it was just overlook the ocean and you could just have to go on this path and walk right down to it. It was, uh, it, was it was absolutely fabulous. But anyway, I want to point this out. Even the best paradise can become a living hell. I don't care how beautiful it is, how picturesque it is. It can become a living hell if law and order uh, breaks down. It can become a living hell. Chicago, hear me, is one of the great cities, or used to be, oh, it once was, it was, it, it was, it is one of the great cities on the earth. Oh, it has some of the best chefs, the best foods some of the best sights. It even has this, the weirdest weather where you get this, what's called lake effect snow. It's windy in a way that you can't imagine wind coming around. Listen, you can be walking down one side of the street, no wind blowing and come around a corner and nearly blow down. That's Chicago, the Windy City, it's called. It's one of the great cities on the planet. So is Los Angeles. So is Houston. So is New Orleans. Detroit. And may I add the greatest city that I've ever experienced. And if you've never been to New York City, if you've never experienced New York City when it was good to experience New York City, you have not been to the greatest city on the planet. As far as commerce, food, things to do. Oh, man, you got Broadway, you've got Rockefeller Center, you got Times Square, you got all of that type of stuff in New York City. And then not to say you can go out and visit the Statue of Liberty. All of those types of things. New York City. It used to be a great city. It once was. At least it once was. But I'm going to talk to you about why it's not anymore. When I return. And yes, it does involve the white and the black male. And it does involve the white and black guilt trip that's being uh, uh, launched, promoted, and sustained by people who want to tell you lies about yourself and about your nation, your country, 
the United States of America. You are being hoodwinked, swindled. You're being bamboozled. I'm CL. I'll be back with more of the CL Bryant show when I return. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, coast to coast, border to border, on this fine, great, and fabulous day in uh, the USA. Glad to be with you right here over the talk monster, Red State Talk, the largest talk platform in uh, the nation. Proud to be a part of it. Yesterday we had uh, Scott Adams on with us, and he was uh, laying it down, proud uh, to be an American and uh, all of that, and uh, even though he's a Native American, I mean a real one, card-carrying uh, Native American, but he's proud to be an American. He gets what the nation is about, even though sometimes uh, he shared with us on Thanksgiving, he asked himself, now, what am I celebrating? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I had him on uh, with us and then uh, introduced to you uh, the newest addition to the uh, C.L. Bryant brand to the cl bryant brand uh, uh leanne leanne was with us on there my uh personal assistant uh executive assistant and i close the show out with my executive producer been with me seven years michelle was on with me and uh certainly um enjoyed that time that we spent with everybody refiring the show since i had been gone for a while uh on tour and doing the juneteenth thing and and all of that uh, before and after Juneteenth. It's been really busy and I think it's going to get busy again. So I'm uh, wanting to be here in person with you live as much as I possibly can uh, now in case uh, I have to do it. And soon I'll have the location. It's just all the relocate uh, uh, and all of that. Um, Just recovering uh, really, and truly, I'm just recovering um, my real self from uh, the massive loss uh, of my wife in um, almost two years ago now. Back in, in February will be two years uh, back in February, and it, it took it took a while. Been through some ups, some downs, some trials, and uh, um, learning and growing pains to get to where I am. And I want to thank all the people. Um, you may not uh, know how helpful you've been to me, uh, but I want to tell you all the people who know 
just the journey that it has been and whatever part, whatever role you may have played, I want you to know that I'm so grateful uh, for you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you because uh, he's bringing me out. He's brought me out uh, and he's still bringing me out. But I want to thank you for my friends, um, loved ones, people who have grown close to me. I want to thank you for for that uh, and thank you for being who you are, especially the names that I have, uh, have mentioned to you. Now, um, friends, I like Westerns. I, I, I like Western movies, you know, cowboys and good guys, bad guys, uh, you know. And I think I'll have to reiterate the, the name cowboy, why that came about and how that came about, what that's really about. Um, but I like still the, the good and the bad that's usually in the Western movies. Love the Clint Eastwood series, you know, good, bad, and the ugly, high plains drifter, you know, for a few dollars more. I've seen them all, you know, Josie Wales, you name them. I've seen them all. Loved, loved, loved Clint Eastwood movies and got a chance to meet Clint. Um, when I was making, when I was making, uh, runaway slave, we were out in California and, um, Bev Zaslow and Andrew Breitbart, um, set me up with something that was called friends of Abe. It doesn't exist. <laughs> At least it's not supposed to, but it consists of, uh, Hollywood conservatives and, uh, very underground, you know, you have to be a member or know a member who brings you in, uh, in order to, um, be, be at a, a meeting. And so it was Breitbart and Zaslow, Bev Zaslow, who was our one of our executive producers um, for Runaway Slave. Ten years, ten years ago, we were making it. But and so it's been about nine or ten years ago since I, I when I met Clint, and um, I just knocked out. Uh, when you talk about movie star caliber, uh, something like uh, six three, six four, you know, tall, lean, gaunt, and he looked like Clint Eastwood. And his handshake was vice grip. Got to respect that. But anyway, I like uh, Western Western movies for one reason. It's because, um, well, this is one of the reasons. It's because they, they usually present a good and bad uh, clear-cut scenario. And then uh, you see how good goes about, even though it, it, it comes up against, you know, tough stuff it um, prevails the story's there the story's good yeah and then you know come along the evolution of the you know the kill bill stuff and stuff came along you know with uh, tarantino quentin tarantino who sort of adjusted that and, and this is the changing of the definition now you have to watch it i know a lot of, and i'm not really crazy about these type things but the reason i watch them it's because uh, I like to see how they turn evil good and good evil. You can watch it. You can't even report on it. You can't talk about it if you're not seeing it happen. I see this happen. I see this. Oh, yeah, you can see that happening, can't you? You can see it happening. And, and, and you know, they, they call evil good and good evil and the, even the Westerns are beginning to flip the script. But that's why I, I bring that up, because I was talking about how 
men need to step up. The thing that's happening here in your schools with this critical race theory and all of that going on. And you, uh, my, my friend uh, uh, sent me something last night. And I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to play that for you here at the, the top of at the, um, the next hour. I'm going to play that for you. I'm going to play your, I'm going to play the person who is sitting in the Oval Office. I'm gonna, it's going to be a medley of him incoherent. Now, whether you liked what Donald Trump said or not, you at least understood what he was saying. What have you done? What have you done? So, with the critical race theory thing going on, Men, I'm talking to white men in particular now, since you have allowed yourself to be relegated to uh, colors. You're going to you're living your life. You've decided you're going to we're going to live our lives as colors now. So let me talk to the white men. Uh, Doesn't that just uh, uh, do something to you? You should not get used to that. You should not get used to it being said like that. But but since you, you, you're so wimpish, you won't push back against it. And you black man in, in Chicago, you're not taking care of business. You're letting your own babies be killed in the street. You, you're so wimpish, you won't push back against it. You were so wimpish, you actually thought it was a good idea that they take your guns away from you in Illinois, that they have the toughest gun laws in the, 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 the country while the criminals with guns or shooting down your families and you cannot shoot back since you can't call on the police. You got to do it yourself. You got to man up. It's time for high noon to happen here. Oh, but you don't watch Western. So you may not realize that there was an, uh, one of the greatest Westerns ever made. High noon. Lone man. Happened to be Gary Cooper in this film up against people who was going to take over his town. But in order to do that, they had to step over him in order to do it. And the moral and the crux of this story is that even if he had to go alone and face them down, even if they took him out, at least he was going to try to preserve decency. And my question is, Adam, where are you? Where's the man that God made you to be? That's what God was actually calling out and questioning when he came to the garden that day to visit with Adam as he did daily, it said the spirit of God manifested himself there in that place that he had prepared for Adam. But one day after Adam and his wife Eve had transgressed, God came to the garden and he did not see the man that he had made. And his question was, Adam, where are you? 
Where's the man that I made? Have you? Oh, have you? Have you? God knew, but he wanted Adam to ask, answer the question that he was asking him. You asked the questions, you remember, is in control. God was in control of the situation. He knew the answer to uh, the question. No uh, judge or attorney ask any questions. At least they shouldn't if they're good, but they don't know the answers to. God knew the answers to every question he was asking. Adam, have you eaten from the tree, the fruit that I told you not to eat from? Adam, where are you? American man, where are you? You have people running amok in your city streets, killing your children especially you black men in Chicago, and you, you white men, wherever you are in your public schools, you have a curriculum that is geared toward brainwashing your children against a nation that, hey, let's face it, it's the facts, and we all enjoy it, and we all ought to be glad for it, but the nation was founded by old white European men. There's nothing wrong with that. Tell you the truth, I'm glad they founded it. I'm sorry for what my ancestors had to endure to get me here, but I'm sure glad they endured it. And you ought to be glad that yours endured it too. But let's not let's not run away from the facts and let's not teach out of our uh, kids the truth about what happened here. They ought to be glad that happened. They ought to be proud of how after all this time, unless we let people take us back in time to a place where we were truly divided because we were paranoid about somebody's color. Huh? Are you going to allow the American male had better step up now? Or for the black American male, you're going to let gangs run amok in your city and take out your young people, your children. And for the white American male, they're going to breed out of the minds of your children anything about the European history that made this country the greatest success story the world has ever known. That thing called capitalism was brought about by European males. There's nothing, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. You ought to say, hey, we provided the railroad. We provided the doggone freeway for everybody else to enjoy economic freedom. You should be proud of that. I'm glad you did it because, hey, uh, my ancestors, even while they were still in chains, they saw what you were doing and they knew that they could do it too. But if you hadn't been doing it, they may have never seen it. I'm CL. Everybody ought to be glad that America is what it is. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. Pilgrim 
Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Back throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. That is America. Thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here uh, throughout our great nation. On the talk monster, Red State, Red State Talk, the largest platform in the nation and hey i don't know i guess you if you're brave enough to venture through times square you can look up uh, uh, above ripley's believe it or not and there you will see the red state talk billboard and uh every hour 24 hours a day the cl bryant show pops up there on the big screen and hey i'm telling you men that it's time for you to stand up push back uh, black men in Chicago, they're uh, killing your children in the street. White men uh, everywhere, they are telling you and your children in their schools there that uh, you're, you're, not, you're, you're worthless and you're letting it happen. Hey, what's to understand about America? My next guest, my good friend, Larry Taunton, uh, myself, Sam Sorbo, Eric Matash, it's going to all be in Birmingham, being the Birmingham area, uh, come uh, in just two weeks. You have plenty of time to get there. And I am telling you to tell your friends, tell your neighbors that live in Alabama, around Alabama, you just want to hop on a plane and fly down and be with us. I am telling you that this is the discussion that has to be had. And so let's have it. And let's have it as Americans ought to have it. Let's hearing each other's thoughts on a very serious problem. The president, founder of Fixed Point Foundation, author, uh, international traveler, great mind extraordinaire, my good friend, Larry Taunton. Thank you so much for being there, friend. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good. How are you, CL? Doing fantastically well, Larry. Larry, you can tell everybody best What's about to jump off on the 23rd of this month there uh, in Birmingham? Yes, sir. We are very excited to uh, host in my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, an event we have titled Understanding What's Happening in America and What You Can Do. Uh, I think we all feel like uh, this is a situation culturally, politically, uh, socially speaking, of the tail wagging the dog. And uh, we as conservatives, we need to strategize. We need to uh, stack one another like coals and fan ourselves into a flame. And we need to uh, have a plan to uh, to turn this country. And so I've brought together, you know, I'm playing the role of Samuel L. Jackson. I'm sitting here on, on my ranch and just outside of beautiful Birmingham, Alabama, with my eye patch on. And, uh, and I have, have put together a group of my Avengers. Seal Bryant is one of them, actress, model, author, 
Sam Sorbo is uh, is another best-selling author. Eric Metaxas is uh, is yet one more, and then Tom Askell, uh, who is a mover and shaker in the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest Protestant denomination in America. Uh, he is also part of this group, and. We're going to get together in Birmingham July 23rd through the 25th, and we're going to strategize. We're going to try to encourage the faithful and mobilize them. And uh, you can find out all the information you need to register at my website at Larry Alex Taunton. That's T-A-U-N-T-O-N, LarryAlexTaunton.com, and we hope to see you there. Larry, what is Larry? What is going on in this country? Is there a mass deception? Is there a mass deception that's happening? Let, we're not going to give it all away. You got to come out uh, to the event here, but we're going we're going to taste it a little bit here, Larry. What? What what can you and I kick around? Just two guys talking. We we talked on your show uh, yesterday. Uh, let's talk on on my show today. You interviewed me yesterday. I'm interviewing you today. You tell me. Okay. Tell me. You know, there is a great NFL Films video that shows uh, uh, Vince Lombardi standing on the sideline and he's shouting, what's going on out there? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I have to tell you, I think many Americans are uh, are wondering the same. You know, uh, this, this may sound quite jarring to some of your listeners, but I think we're seeing nothing less than a Uh, a somewhat, not entirely, given the rioting that we've seen, but a somewhat bloodless coup d'etat in this country. It is a Marxist takeover, and it isn't to say that there aren't various other agendas um, at play here, certainly a very sordid, warped, and perverse sexual agenda uh, is very much a part of this, Um, but we are seeing um, all of the the strategies um, that began with Karl Marx um, and are enumerated in his uh, his little uh, evil little pamphlet, the Communist Manifesto, and were reiterated um, by the American Marxist Saul Alinsky, and that is to disrupt, that is to divide, uh, that is to turn people groups against one another. And you, you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but. If uh, your listeners, your listeners are all familiar with something called intersectionality, even if they're not familiar with the term, and the idea there, the Marxist idea there, is to is to disrupt society by turning people groups against one another. Let's turn white against black. Let's turn black against white. Let's turn um, heterosexuals and uh, against homosexuals and men against women, rich versus poor. We divide people groups every which way we can, and we stoke them into a furor um, by convincing them of their victimhood. And having done so, we are able to um, uh, create chaos in society, to topple the existing social order, and we're seeing nothing less than an effort to do precisely that uh, in an effort to seize power and to completely reset American society as we know it. And as you began your your show, um, the greatest nation on earth, so many countries around the world depend upon the United States for their own stability, for their own hope. 
Now, Larry, you know, there's some there's some things that I know. I know you're very bold and the people that we associate with are as well. But I know that there are some things that you you absolutely must be in these days and times. It's time for men and women of courage. There are there are no shrinking violets here. You got to step forward. But this this is my point. Uh, This nation was founded uh, by white uh, men, uh, European uh, ancestry. And you know what, Larry, I'm glad about it because even in slavery, we saw the prosperity of uh, uh, their efforts and that those who got into business and were free could, in fact, do well for their families. Even in slavery, the slave could see that. The Irishman that came here, he could see that. The Italian that came here, he could see it. Whoever came here, they could see it if they were free enough to take advantage of it. And that's exactly what happened when all of us became free. That's what made Barack Obama president of the United States, is that we had progressed beyond all of that. Why do we want to go back, Larry Taunton? You know, I think uh, there are several reasons, D.L., but one of them is we're dealing with a generation that is, uh, I mean, by and large, the disruption, the discontentment that we're seeing uh, is among a younger generation. You know, I'm, uh, I'm 54, and uh, you're a little older than, than I am, and I don't think it's our peers that we're seeing this among. We're seeing it among millennials, uh, Gen Zers. Uh, people in uh, in that generation, A, because they were radicalized uh, in our schools. I have been saying um, for decades, uh, when I was a graduate teaching assistant in uh, university, when I was pursuing my, my master's um, degree uh, at the University of Alabama, uh, I was already seeing, and this is in the mid-90s, I was already seeing the ignorance of so many students who are coming through who know so little of American history. And so little of the sacrifices, the blood sacrifices made by your family and mine um, to get where we are. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons. Another is because those same generations have never known any real privation. Now, I, I, as, a, as a Gen Xer, I can't claim any great um, privation myself. I'm a part of a, a very uh, prosperous generation. But I can remember the Vietnam War. My father was uh, away um, uh, uh, for much of my very early childhood, and, uh, and I, of course, can recall the Gulf Wars. And I, I know something of that, and I had history teachers in high school and even a couple in college who were of the World War II generation. And so I knew those stories firsthand. Uh, I encountered them. And so now we're dealing with generations who've known nothing but extraordinary prosperity. And the, the consequence of that, I'm afraid, is that is that they have to invent their own victimhood. And they know nothing of the rest of the world. Wow. You know, Larry, you just said something uh, because it does. If you watch it closely, you can see an invention. There is a machine of victimization being put together. But the American story, Larry, uh, you, you mentioned your father uh, being a, a, a Vietnam vet. My dad was World War II vet, and um, before him, uh, my, my grandfather, World War One, and my great-grandfather, Spanish-American War. Uh, we, we understand what they passed down to me. Their, their stories didn't tell me anything about the battles or, or the skirmishes or whatever that they might have been in. They didn't talk much about that, but they did pass down to me a love of country. 
it sounds as though the kids that we uh, are raising and have raised, and, and congratulations, I saw you walked your daughter down the aisle there just a little bit ago. Oh, thank you. And, uh, uh, and, and let, but you know what? What what is it? I know you must have passed that on to your children. I've passed it to mine. Uh, but in mass, somehow there's a con- we have there's a connection missing here. Uh, we haven't passed something down to these kids who are experiencing the extraordinary wealth of this nation, but yet appreciating it less. What's up with that? Um, you know, I, I think it comes right back to what you were just talking about, CL, about passing it on to our children. Um, you know, listen, uh, I taught in a preparatory school. I taught in university. Um, and uh, I myself went to both a public and a, uh, a private institution. And, you know, I was taught the Lord's Prayer in public school. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I was, you know, required to do the Pledge of Allegiance. I was taught American history. Um, I, my history teacher in high school was a translator at the Nuremberg Trials. Um, I mean, I, I was exposed to all of these things very early on. And I, you know, with our own children, we made the decision to homeschool them because we felt like what was happening in public schools and when our kids were small, we couldn't afford private ones. Um, we, uh, we were so disenchanted, um, with what we were seeing. We wanted to make sure our own children had our own values. But let me say something about victimhood. You just, you just made, um, a kind reference to my daughter, Sasha, Sasha, we adopted Sasha from Ukraine when she was 10. Um, Sasha was abandoned at birth in that country and raised in three different Ukrainian orphanages that were all running off of old Soviet, which is to say communist, which is to say socialist ideals, principles, which are utterly godless and dehumanizing in every way, shape, and form. If any human being has the right um, to claim a status of victimhood, to be full of hate, to be full of rage, it is my daughter Sasha who was abused in every way, shape, and form that you can imagine. The interesting thing about real victims that I find, CL, um, and I can speak of this with, uh, with, with real depth of knowledge, is that victims do not want to talk about their victimhood. They want to move on. And, um, you know, my daughter Sasha has come to this country and grabbed every opportunity with both hands. I listen. She's a she in many ways is a is, is a typical young lady, which means that she has her moments where she can she can be difficult and simple. Um, but, but Sasha loves life. She loves America. And she loves her family, and she's utterly blown away by people who claim victimhood for things that aren't aren't a victim worthy. And uh, it's it's stunning to me what we're seeing in this country. And furthermore, and you pointed this out yesterday. Uh, when uh, you kindly permitted me to interview you, and that is that a lot of people are allowing it. They're permitting them to claim victimhood. And this is just sheer nonsense that we have to call out and stop. You know, Larry, uh, you make a point. I want you to stay with me through the break. i got about four minutes left in uh, this segment, if you can, if you can stay with me. Uh, And thank you for your time. time. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, and I certainly appreciate it. And, uh, Larry, let me ask you this then. Um, the socialist, and, and I know we're going to touch on all of this when we get to Birmingham. Larry, tell us again in these uh, last uh, couple of minutes of this, this segment uh, where we're going to be through the 23rd through the 25th of this month. Talk to us one more time about that. 
Yes, sir. It is. Uh, you'll find the information at LarryAlexTauntas.com, T-A-U-N-T-O-N.com. It's right there on the homepage. Scroll down a bit. You can click on it, see our speakers, a little bit about them. These are people that you, you don't necessarily know who all these people are, but you should because they're all remarkable people and they're committed to this. And by the way, I want to say this, you know, the, the cost is $199 to attend. And uh, our speakers are coming for no honoraria, and they're coming on their own dime. So, so that cost is simply to cover the AV, um, the food, um, the, the, the cost of the venue, which is the Grand Bohemian, a five-star hotel in Mountain Brook, Alabama, which is a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama, beautiful place. And uh, I'm, I am pumped about this because – I'm bringing together people who are not just about their brand. They're not just about promoting a book or uh, themselves. They love this country, and um, they do it for free, and they are doing it for free for this particular event. And uh, I, you know, I think we have a tremendous opportunity here, CL, to bring like-minded people together and encourage them. Do I think we'll solve the world's problems in a weekend? No, but I think we can we can start something very special. We'll take a sledgehammer to it, Larry. I tell you that much. There's no question about it. <laughs> so I can guarantee that much of it. That lineup that you have is just outstanding. And folks, the Fixed Point uh, Foundation is an outstanding organization. And Larry Taunton has brought us together to talk about what's understanding what's going on here in this nation. We're going to uh, return after the break with more uh, more with Larry on uh, the topic of um, socialism and Marxism in this country. Larry mentioned the Communist Manifesto. But, you know, folks, uh, it's actually the uh, money that capitalism generates I've said this across. I say this across the country that that this, that keeps the socialist in business, and and I, I'm going to ask you, Larry, when I come back about this Ocasio Cortez and people who want to attack uh, the very nature, the very nature of uh, uh, in the essence of a country that has made them possible. Don't they understand that they're chopping down the tree that they they're the fruit of? I mean, it's just amazing uh, what goes on here. We're going to talk about the effects of socialism with Larry Taunton, uh, author extraordinaire and, of course, world traveler. He is We're going to talk about some places Larry has been uh, in this next segment. I want to thank all of you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant show. Uh, from 12.05 until 2 p.m. every day uh, over Red State, Red State Talk, the Talk Monster, the largest talk platform in the nation. And, of course, uh, you can see our billboard in Times Square where every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on the, the big screen and uh, just about a block from where they dropped the big ball. I think we're going to have a great time this uh, 2022. We're going to take back the house. The ball is going to drop in, uh, in uh, Times Square. And we're going to take back the Senate. And we're going to be headed back to getting the Oval Office back in our grasp. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back with Larry Tom. <laughs>
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you over the airwaves of Red State. Glad to be with you on this great day in the USA, and that it is. Every day in a free America is a great day, uh, whether you acknowledge it, you know it, admit it or not. Uh, Hey, they don't knock the doors down anymore to get in this country. They They just flowing into this country. Don't see many flowing out, though. Uh, you folks who claim to hate America, you're welcome to leave. You can get on out as far as it's concerned. <clears throat> pardon me. I understand that there's room in Guatemala and Honduras and down in those places like that. You can go on down there and because they want to replace you anyway up here. And those of you who are too stupid to realize what you have in your hand right here in America, you, can, you are welcome to leave. You can go on out. It seems as though even those people that come in that don't even understand what we're about would want to take advantage of the opportunity that you want to throw away. How foolish. Uh, On with me is someone, and we're going to be trumpeting uh, these types of ideas and this type of speak on the 23rd through the 25th. I have Larry Alex Taunton on with me, Fixed Point Foundation founder. Uh, Larry, uh, on in this segment, uh, there might be somebody just tuning in. I don't know. But tell folks again, where are we going to be? 23 to 25 July. You know, we're going to be in Birmingham, Alabama, the football capital. Of the world. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, he, know, he knows I'm an LSU. He knows I'm a Tiger fan. <laughs> well, I do. Be- I do believe your producer is as well. So I, I had to kind of needle you both just a little bit there. But you did. The, yes. You sure did needle us both. <laughs> <laughs> but July twenty third through the twenty uh, fifth, it's going to be the conservative capital of the world because we're bringing together a group of extraordinary individuals that, if you don't know, you need to know. And uh, they are C.L. Bryant, uh, host of this wonderful program. Uh, Eric Metaxas, the uh, the best-selling author. Tom Askell, mover and shaker in the Southern Baptist Convention, who's going to give us a real picture of what's happening uh, among people of faith in this country. And uh, who am I missing there? Sam Sorbo, the actress, uh, model, and uh, author, is going to be there. And over that weekend... We hope to inspire, encourage, and mobilize uh, conservatives and to push back on what's happening in this country. And I know for you, UCL and uh, all of our speakers, you know, the question you most often get from people is, what can I do? What can I do about what's, what's going on? Well, we don't think we'll solve all the problems of the weekend and weekend, but we think this is the beginning of something and the beginning of the answer to that question. Absolutely. And, oh, by the way, people can find all that information on my website at Larry 
Alex Taunton. That's T-A-U-N-T-O-N, LarryAlexTaunton.com. Scroll down a bit. You'll find it right there on the homepage. You can click and register. All right, folks, you got the skinny on it. Do it. Let's get there. Let's be together. I'm coming in. Sam Sorbo's coming in. Eric Metaxas is coming in. We're all coming in to be with Larry Taunton the 23rd of July through the 25th of July. Yes, you'll get a chance to, to meet up and talk with me and talk with others as far as that is concerned. You can go to our social media page, uh, the CL Bryant Show app. And uh, check it out there. Go to. We're going to have. A, I'm going to see if uh, we can link it up uh, to our folks there at Red State as well. But I'll be talking about it here in Red State. I'll be talking to it to you about it over our FreedomWorks platform as well. And so uh, wherever our friends are, we need to see you. And uh, this is listen. All hands are needed now on the deck. Are you Are you hearing me? All hands are patriotic, American-loving hands. Red, yellow, black, and white hands. All hands are needed on deck. Now, what's at stake? The Republic. Now, you can believe me or not, but you just stick around and not help and see what happens. Uh, Larry, here we are fighting against Marxist, socialist, uh, communist Democrats in this country, and if I could find any other type of uh, uh, punitive type of adjectives to throw at them, I would, but those will do uh, right there. <laughs> those will do. <laughs> those will do. What, what then is the end game, Larry? How did this come up on us like this? How are we sleeping uh, and, and let all this happen? Talk to us. The end game is power. This is about power. It's not about the empowerment of black people. It's not the, about the empowerment of women. It's not about the empowerment of minorities. It's not about the empowerment of, of immigrants. It's about power. It's about the acquisition of power. It's about overthrowing the existing social order. Listen, uh, Marx, Marxists have endeavored to overthrow that social and political order in this country, um, you know, since time immemorial. They have endeavored to do it. You know, Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto in 1848, and I dare say since that time there have been uh, efforts to do so. And the uh, the founder of the, uh, whose name has suddenly gone out of my head, the founder of the American Communist Party, party in, a, in a conversation with Joseph Stalin in Moscow, Stalin was angry and wanted to know why had there been no revolution in America? And he said, because Americans um, are um, upwardly mobile. And he says, the, the poor aren't interested in our message because in America, they have a chance to better themselves. They have a, uh, they have a chance to climb the social order and, and uh, uh, improve conditions for themselves, for their children, and uh, for generations to come. So th- in those days, the uh, the... Uh, message was to was class warfare. It was to set poor against the rich, as had been done in the uh, the French Revolution and in the so-called um, Russian Revolution. So it was to preach violence. It was to preach uh, victimhood of the poor uh, at the hands of the rich. Well, that message didn't work. 
So now what we're seeing is a new effort. It's a result of the, uh, the thinking of a, of a guy by the name of Gramsci, and we won't go into all that. But the idea was, look, that kind of attack on America's social order isn't going to work. We have to find other victims and try to convince them of their victimhood and to convince them to overthrow the existing social order. And so that has been done with race. It's the same thing. It's just via different means. Instead of class warfare, let's let's encourage um, minorities. Let's convince them of their victimhood and uh, of the, the need to change the social and political order as we know it. Let's convince every... Uh, uh, let's pit every group against every other one. And that's what we're seeing in this country. And it is in order to empower a minority of people, namely Democrats, uh, to put them into positions of power perpetually and to remove the power from the American people. So that's, that's what we're seeing happening here. And if Americans don't act, if they don't act, um, I think they will lose their freedom forever. They will They will never get it back. If America goes away, folks, you better hear what Larry Taunton has just said to you. If America goes away, she won't return. She's not coming back. Oh, no, no. There's just something unforgivable about throwing away a land that has been blessed by God from sea to shining sea. It's just, they, they, it just doesn't come back. There are other empires that were blessed, but, but not like this country. But they all went away, and they're on the scrap heap of history. They became common. Larry, you, are you telling Americans then that the uh, Marxist revolution is trying, they're, they're trying to actually spark that? What we're seeing is, is people hitting the flint stone, uh, trying to spark the, the Marxist revolution here in America. Against this in an article, people can find on my website at LarryAlexTaunton.com. Um, an article titled Understanding What's Happening in America, that these are Saul Alinsky tactics, his rules for radicals, a book he wrote in the, uh, the 1940s calling for the overthrow of um, democracy in this country and the, the uh, installment of, uh, of a Marxist regime. And it really calls for disruption. But part of what that program looks like is it's about the seizure of power through the levers of, uh, of popular coercion. So, for instance, defund the police is, is very much a part of that. It isn't that Democrats are stupid and that they really think that society can exist apart from having any kind of um, a police force. It is rather that what they want to do is purge the police, and now you're seeing it in the military. I mean, we've seen the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. I mean, what is wrong with this man getting up and talking about white privilege and how he wants to understand uh, this kind of stuff? The man is charged with the defense of this country. Get yourself together. shouldn't even be commenting on nonsense like that. But what we're seeing, CL, is an effort to purge the military and the police of those conservative elements that would adhere to the Constitution and to their own duties and to replace them with um, with those people who adhere to the ideology of the West, uh, of the left. That is to say, to, to replace them with woke military and woke police who will enforce not the law per se, but to enforce the ideology. And so that's what's happening right now. And once they have control of those levers of power, they can coerce the masses. Right now, you know, you're seeing, you know, for instance, here in, in rural Alabama, 
Um, you know, a lot of these nonsense policies that we have seen on uh, on lockdowns and cl- closures and mask mandates and this kind of stuff, you're seeing sheriff's departments and police forces uh, rebel against them and, uh, and take a sensible approach that says, look, this is, this is the mandate, but we have no intention of enforcing it. Now, imagine that world, what it looks like when those police, those sheriff's department, the military have been replaced with, with the woke, uh, this our society will look like Cuba. It will look like Russia. It'll look like China. Folks, you better wake up is what you had better do and understand that you have something that other people would be glad to trade places with you for. Are you hearing me? You better hear what Larry Taunton has had to say, and I would certainly encourage everyone who is able to make it to this destination to be with us at the Grand Bohemian July 23 through 27. Larry, give us the location. Yes, 23 through the 25th. Modest correction there. So the, people yeah, through the, through the 25th. I'm week. sorry, Larry. If they are there the 26th and 27th, uh, they'll just be sitting by the pool. <laughs> you and I won't be there anymore. <laughs> Which won't be bad. Won't be bad. Uh, that's right. They can find that information at Larry Alex Taunton. That's T A U N T O N, like Massachusetts, Taunton, Massachusetts. LarryAlexTaunton.com. Scroll down right there on the homepage. You'll uh, you'll see information about it. Click there. You can register. We've got spots available um, still, and uh, um, you can register for that. And you'll get to meet CL. You you know this isn't one of those conferences. We're deliberately keeping it intimate. So that you have the opportunity to engage with Eric Metaxas, with Tom Askell, with Sam Osorbo, with me, with CL. And uh, these speakers are, these are all incredible people. And again, whether you've heard of them or not, uh, you will come away dazzled and you'll think, you know, why didn't I know that guy before? Why didn't I know about Sam Sorbo before? And we will be addressing topics to help arm you, equip you to engage that person in the cubicle next to you at the water fountain, um, at your church, over the backyard fence. And uh, we also hope uh, to encourage you and then mobilize you. So that, those are our goals. Larry Taunton, I want to thank you so much for your friendship. Thank you for the invitation. I look forward to being with all of you uh, there at the Grand Bohemian uh, on the 23rd through the 25th of this month. Y'all come. Everybody, come on down. God bless you and God keep you. Uh, I know you'll continue to fight the good fight, Larry, because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you for being on with me. Hey, thanks for having me, CL, and you said care. Roll Tide. (laughs) Go Tigers. I'll talk to you soon, brother. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was my friend, uh, Larry Taunton, and uh, I uh, wanted to um, bring him on for obvious reasons. Um, he is somebody who wants to do something about it. I'm somebody who wants to do something about it. Sam Sorbo uh, wants to do something about it, as well as Eric Metaxas writes about it. Yeah. We're, we're gathering with others who want to do something about it, and we're strategizing on what to do. You see. You see, you see we, have, we have to strategize now on what to do about it because something has to be done. 
make no mistake, something has to be done. Now, um, when I come back with the close of, of this show here in uh, just a few minutes, now, a few minutes, I want to talk to you about what has to be done. But let me tell you what has brought you to a place where you are dragging your feet doing it. Let me tell you what, what, what has brought you to this place. You may not know. You may not even know what has brought you to this place where you are dragging your feet to do what you know needs to be done. And I'm going to talk to the American male for these next three minutes. I'm talking to the American male for these next three minutes. Jared, I'm going to want you to cut this out so we can rebroadcast and we can put it on social media. What I'm about to tell you, three minutes to you, maybe two minutes to you. You have allowed yourself, American male, red, yellow, black, white, whatever you are or may think you are. You have allowed yourself to be uh, emasculated. You have been taken down uh, from, you you have allowed, and and I'm not talking as a chauvinist. I am not talking as a a misogynist. I am talking as a God-made man, knowing the role that the man is supposed to play on this earth. I am saying to you, American male, you have be, been become, your masculinity has been taken away from you. And you have allowed it to happen. You have sat around and allowed your masculinity to be taken away from you. Why? I don't know why. Maybe it's because you thought it was cool. I'm going to tell you the effects. When I come back uh, here, I, 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 I went through some of them the first hour, but I need to tell you the effects of you allowing yourself to be emasculated. Huh? You, 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 are, you are not, you, you are not uh, behaving as men. American male, you are not behaving as men. Oh, I am. Oh, I'll stand up to anybody who challenges, first of all, my manhood. And I'll stand up to anybody who threatens my family, my loved ones. they, They must be dealt with. They must be dealt with. Or, or, or what happens, men? Or do you even know what you've become? You become so afraid of the bully that you uh, you kowtow to him now, huh? You are, are you're afraid? What? Why don't you stand up to people who want to destroy you and your family? I was telling you, I like Western films, like Western movies. And the reason is because it always projected an image. And see, they even want to call that racist because most of the actors were white. See, and that's where you started allowing people to steal from you. I'll be back. I'm going to talk to you a bit more about that. I'm going to tell you American males, black and white, Jew, Gentile, whoever you are, what's wrong? But I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL closing it out here on this great day in the USA having to deal with some issues that maybe uh, seem uncomfortable to deal with yet, yet we must deal with them, don't we? We must do it. We must deal with them. And one of the problems and one of the issues that we fail to deal with is what's happened to the American male. What's happened to listen? Uh, they are you. You. We are letting people uh, place in the minds of our children, our young males, that they somehow their masculinity is toxic. Huh? You. You're letting them feed your sons that you know that their their masculinity is toxic. What has happened to the American male is that it has been bred out of him to be a man. Elsie Bryant uh, bred into me and hammered into me uh, the, the idea daily that, son, man up. Be a man, son. When I, I got old enough to start thinking about it, and he saw that I was out there uh, uh, running around with little girls and so forth, he said, son, a man takes care of his family. Yeah, he drummed that into me. A man does that. And, 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 and see, this is the thing that his dad taught him. Even though the circumstances were somewhat different, he still had the relationship with his father. My father was half Scots-Irish. Louisiana, well, there's a lot of stories that go along behind all of that. There were always sometimes two families. We were one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's just the way it was in Louisiana. Yeah, his um, grand, great, his grandfather uh, was in that same type of uh, thing, Creole. Society evolved out of that type of thing, and my father was a part of all of that type of thing. Although, still, he grew up illiterate. But anyway, what's happened to the American male is that they start, they, we have failed to pass on what my father's father and passed on to him as far as being a man. I don't know about uh, being uh, all of everything it should be as far as family is concerned. But he taught him how to be a man. 
taught him how to spend for himself, think for himself, and provide for his family. He taught him to be a man. And my dad taught me to be a man. Now, whatever else I may not be, whatever else I may be or may not be, I, I know one thing I am. I'm a man. And and and, and what many times uh, men fail to see is their role. And that's, that's also what's happening uh, in this country. But in Illinois, in Chicago in particular, you have the black male allowing his babies, his children, to be killed in the street by thugs and hooligans. But his problem is also he's unarmed. He has allowed uh, the, the, the legislation in his country to be passed that says he can't have a gun to protect himself and his family. You see, he can't protect himself, he can't protect his family. If he can't protect himself, he can't protect his family. So they have disarmed him. So those who would do him harm to his family harm, they shoot down his babies in the street. And there he is like a chump going along with policies that disarm the police. He can't call on the police. He can't go vigilante on him because he doesn't even have a gun. So where does he get a gun? He has to break the law, the law that he allows to be put in to defend his own family. Because believe me, uh, I'm finding a gun from somewhere. The same, what happens, you turn everybody into criminals. You turn the law-abiding citizen who should be able to own a gun into a criminal, but when something happens to his family, he can't get a hold of a gun legally. What is he going to do? Oh, he's going to get a gun. The same way the criminals get theirs. So his family doesn't become extinct through thugs creating gun violence. It's not the gun that does that. It's not the gun. The gun, the gun is never, a gun has never gone off and shot anyone just sitting there. Someone had to either be careless with the tool, which the, the gun is just a tool, that's all it is, a weapon like a, a shovel or a pick, an axe, or anything else. That's all it is. It's a tool. It can be used by good folks. A shovel can be used to beat somebody to death with, and so can a pickaxe. Knives don't even have to say anything about them. A gun is a tool just like anything else. Used by good and bad folks. And right now, the type of things that's going on in Chicago, the type of legislation that Chicago offers out, is, is, is offering to their citizens, that Illinois is offering to its citizens, induces and encourages gun violence because the sheep have no wolf to bite back with. Yeah, that gun becomes the sheep's big bad wolf. It barks right here and bites way over there. Yeah. But the sheep have no 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 nothing to to defend themselves with and so they become prey. 
That's why your children, you, you black men in Chicago, it's a black problem right now. Let me, it's a black man problem. It's a black man problem right now. Let me tell you why it's a black man problem. It's because you won't let the police come in to help you. You have, you have defunded the police. So they're not coming in to help you. And on top of that, you are not man enough to stand with the police to solve your own problem. So guess what? You are going, it's become a black man problem. So guess what? You have to be man enough to solve that problem, but you don't have any weapons. You've allowed this to happen to yourself. You've allowed this to happen to your family. You white men, let me talk to you for a minute. Let me tell you this. You are allowing them to uh, tell your children in schools that taxpayer dollars, all of our taxpayer dollars pay for, that you are less than human. That somehow you are the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the propitiation of evil. Why are you letting them do that to your children? Why are you letting them say that about you? How come you're not pushing back against that? I, I mean, I mean, we, we did, black folks did when, when, when folks were saying that about us. Folks were saying that we, we were evil and black and all, you know, black is evil and all that kind of thing. There was a time in this country when that was, that was the, pro, the, the what was being promoted about black folks, black men in particular. Do you understand what's going on, white male, against you? They're doing the same thing to you. And what was the end result of all that? You know what happened? They made the black male a mascot. You do know that we're the prototype of what they're trying to do, this whole society. I say this all over the country. We were. We're the prototype. They wanted to see if it would work on one group of people because they know, they always know, even though they try to play the race card, they know that people are just people. What works on one group of people, it'll work on the other. Yes, it will. If they can dupe us, they'll dupe you. Oh, they have. They've enslaved you, too. Oh, my God, there are far more white people enslaved in this country right now. They'll never break out of where they're enslaved to. They're, they're enslaved. There are far more white people than you think enslaved right now in this country. They can never break out of where they are. And somehow they want you to think because a person's skin is white, they can't be uh, enslaved in a country. Like black people talk about their, they feel like they're enslaved in this country right now. There's just as many white folks, maybe more. In fact, I know there's more white folks enslaved in this country financially than there are black folks. But my problem with you, uh, white America, is that you you stand by idly as though uh, black folks are like uh, 39, 40 percent of the, of the population. Black folks are only 12 percent of the population in this country, 12.8 percent of this population in this country. All of us are not poor. All of us are not enslaved to financially. All of us are not stupid. All of us don't live in a ghetto. In fact, there's a small percentage of us who fit that description very small percentage. But somehow you, you paint all of the black America that way and black America, for whatever reason, paint all of white America in a way that's unrealistic as well. So there, there erupts a huge misunderstanding and the liberals, 
the communists, the Marxists, the socialists, they take advantage of your ignorance of what's so obvious. It's obvious there's more, many more white people in this country who must be poor than there are black people who are poor in this country. Huh? There's obvious. That's obvious. But yet they uh, let you run up against the, the stone wall of race that you can't do anything about. You can't do nothing about it. Huh? Can't do nothing about it. You can't do anything about your skin. You can't do anything about your skin color or anything like that. You can't do anything about it. Michael Jackson come as close to succeeding as I ever saw. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, he still. We all knew. We all knew Black Mike. Now, well, he said I did. Some of y'all may not remember Black Mike, <laughs> but I remember Black Mike. Can't do anything about your skin, but you American males shirking your responsibility. You're letting your children be exploited and you're letting your women have to take a front line. Not that they can't take the front line, but you're letting them take the line, the front line by themselves. And that is a travesty. You're letting the American woman take the front line in a fight that you should be shouldering the responsibility for in preserving your children and your family, your neighborhoods, your communities. You're not stepping forward as men to deal with a problem that men have always dealt with, and that is the security of their families and their society. American male, what has happened to you? Red, yellow, black, white, whoever you are, American male, what has happened to you to allow this type of foolishness to exist, to come about as a plague upon our land? What are you prepared to do? I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL. Thank you for coming along with me. And I pray that God bless you. Real, real good. Bye now. road.